Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Hello and welcome back to Market Scale Grow. I am so excited to bring you another inspiring teacherpreneur journey. Today I'm chatting with Miranda Bullington of Mrs. Bullington's Primary Emporium. Miranda is in her second year as a full-time VA working as a content creator for TPT Sellers. She taught first grade for three and a half years in Denver, Colorado, before stepping away from the classroom to pursue her VA business full-time. In April 2020, she started offering VA services and was offered full-time work by July 2020. Miranda helps TPT sellers free up time and space in their schedules by creating engaging, high-quality, brand-reflecting resources for their businesses. I had such a lovely chat with Miranda, and I'm excited to dive in and share it with you. So here we go. Hello and welcome to Market Scale Grow. Today I am talking with Miranda from Mrs. Bullington's Primary Emporium. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. I'm excited to chat with you. Do you want to tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and if you're still teaching? Yeah. So I'm Miranda Bullington, and me and my family recently located to Arkansas. Um, I was in Denver for about five years. Um, That's where I first started teaching. Um, And then when we moved back to Arkansas, um, I actually left the classroom. So I'm not, I'm not teaching currently. Um, It was just kind of easier when we moved. I didn't have a position I really needed to leave. I had already left one. Um, and I, I had the ability to stay home, which is kind of, which is what I'm doing now I'm working from home. So in a nutshell, I live in Arkansas and I am not in the classroom. When you were in the classroom, what were you teaching? I taught first grade, uh, same school, same room, uh, almost same team. Uh, <laughs> I would have, if we didn't leave Denver, I would have stayed exactly where I was as long as I could. Um, that's just, and when I was in college, I remember thinking, I think I would really like first grade. I'd like any grade, but 
I mean, first grade is just my favorite. <laughs> That's what I teach too. I love first grade. They're so cute. It's, they're cute. They're funny. They have huge hearts. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with first grade. They're a lot more independent. <laughs> Probably not as much as you would hope or really would like them to be, but a lot more than what I hear some teachers talking about anyway. I also really like, and I know this happens like in all the grades, but I love watching the transition of kids in grade one from the beginning to the end where someone can't even hold pencils and don't necessarily know their alphabet and all that to these like readers. It's so, it's so visible, the transformation that they go through. So I really like I love it. And they love it. They're so proud when you recap the year with them about started and where they are now. They're just so proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. So true. So how did you get started as a teacherpreneur and what does that look like for you? So I started um, my TPT store in 2018, the summer of 2018. Um, and so I I really feel like I haven't been able to dedicate the time to it um, until like this year, really. I kind of started putting in more time and like revamping some products that needed some revamping done. I started doing that last year. And then um, with all the distance learning, I started adding more to my store. Um So I've been in it since 2018, but I don't really feel like I've done the work until like this year. Um, But that's actually kind of, that brings in my passive income and my main income um, was, it was almost an accident, I guess. It wasn't planned. I don't want to say accident, but it was not planned. (laughs) Um, So I'm a virtual assistant for TPT sellers and um, other teacherpreneurs. And I started that because I was on the hunt for my own BA because my store just wasn't doing as well as I wanted it to. And so I thought I had heard I'm in one of the TPT support groups and I saw a comment somewhere about the TPT virtual assistant Facebook group. So I was like, oh, I'll check that out and see what I can find. And um, I have the mentality of, oh, well, I can do that. (laughs) So when I got on to look for my own VA, what I saw, um, you know, what people were asking for and what other VAs were offering, I thought, well, I could do that. (laughs) I could do that for myself. So I thought, I'm just going to bust my butt for a while and see where it gets me. And then I want to be able to offer this to other sellers because, I mean, I believe I could do that. Um, So I put together like a little portfolio, a little PDF um, of the services that I, I was doing for myself, what I felt like I could do for others. Um, I put myself out there and then I just waited and I worked on my own store in the time being. Um, And then I had one post about someone who was looking for a content creator. And so I applied for it. And I mean, I'm still working with this client now. So I 
think about a month in, I, um, I landed my first client and I've been with this person ever since. It still surprises me. I mean, I must be doing something right, <laughs> but it's not, that's what I mean. It, I didn't imagine it being this. Um, so I was working person for a while and then another seller was looking for a content creator and I applied for that. Um, and then I got that part-time. So I was, as we moved from Denver to Arkansas, I was working my VA job while I was still getting my teacher pay. And then, uh, I was offered full-time hours working with one of the sellers. And so, um, I took that. And so that's kind of what I mean by it wasn't really planned. I mean, in the back of my head, I always thought that would be really cool if this ended up being something I could do full-time at home. Um, and one of the biggest reasons why I decided to do this full-time was for the safety of my toddler and my family. Um, I just didn't know what the pandemic would look like last school year. And, um, she, at the time, my daughter was one. So I just didn't, I didn't really know. And so I wanted to keep her as safe as possible. So that was the main reason why I stayed home and left the classroom. And it was kind of only supposed to be for a year. And then at the end of this school year, I was like, well, I love this. So I'm just going to do it again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know how I, I could have put that long story short, but that was, I mean, it just was not planned and it's just kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool to see how like those little decisions, like you going into the Facebook group to try and find someone to help you can have such a massive impact on your life and change the course of your business and everything like so immensely it still baffles me. And sometimes I'm like, these, I mean, I consider them pretty big sellers. I'm like, these bigger sellers trust you with their brand. I mean, it's very humbling to me because um, I went into it not really expecting that. I almost went into it thinking if it happens, it happens, but like don't on anything. And I am just kind of blown away at, because I mean, within... Let's see, I started in, I think I put my PDF up in the group at the end of March. And by the end of July, I was able to leave the classroom. Wow. That's so quick. It baffles me. <laughs> um, so what are some of the big challenges that you feel like you faced in your teacherpreneur journey? Um, with my own store, it's just, I remember hearing it's, you have to treat it like a full-time job. And that was really hard for me. Um, it still kind of is, but I, I definitely see what difference it makes when I dedicate the, um, appropriate amount of time to my store. Um, so as far as my personal store, I feel like it's, it's the time that I need to dedicate, um, for my VA business. Um, the thing is, it's just been, 
so smooth sailing from the beginning. (laughs) I think the hardest part was finding people to work with um, because it is still saturated. I mean, someone will post um, a job application and I think you'll have pretty quickly. Um, So, I mean, I I don't have any time to fit in anyone else, but um, I remember thinking like when I was applying for the jobs for the clients that I have now, I remember feeling pretty intimidated. um, Think, you know, maybe they, they won't see your work as good enough, or, I mean, there's a lot of people longer than you who are applying for these same jobs. Um, but I just decided to be brave and just apply anyway. That's so hard at the beginning, that feeling of you have relevant experience, but not as much or how big of sellers they are and how could you possibly, and I feel that too, sometimes with my business for sure of like, I'm such a small little like dot on this planet. How can I be (laughs) the right fit? So exactly. And I remember thinking, you know, um, if they were to look at my TPT store, because it just wasn't all that big. Um, I wonder, I wondered if they would compare it to where they were and, you know, would they think, oh, well, she's not, she's not where I'm at. Can she provide me what I need for my store to do well? or to continue to do well. Uh, so it was a lot of, I, I guess it's insecurity that I felt at the very beginning. Um, but I mean, past that, it really has been one. I think I have really good clients. <laughs> um, they're just really easy to work with. I have a lot of freedom. Um, it, yeah, there's not a lot of challenges. I think the most challenging part <laughs> Was I'm working at home full time and I have my toddler home full time. <laughs> so what the hardest part about this job has nothing to do with the job itself. I feel that. I feel that. I work during nap times and my husband and I have like a child care. I'm putting quotations like air quotations because nobody can see me, but like a child care schedule where he gets to play his video games and I'm watching the kids and then he's watching the kids and I'm watching or I'm doing my work. So I totally understand what you mean. It just doesn't feel like there's enough hours in the day to make it all kind of happen. Right. And mom guilt is a real thing. So real. So, <laughs> uh, so you talked a little bit about this, but how did you get some of the clients in the beginning? Like what, what do you think helped you succeed in that journey? Um, I'm on my computer all the time. Um, I liked being on it to create for my own store. So I, I was always checking that TPT VA group I was in. And so when I saw a posting of something that I thought I would be good at, I would apply pretty quickly and I would message the person to let them know I applied and that I was interested. Um, and I think I, I was just very available. Um, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic where we were all home and it felt weird. And I think I just wanted to stay busy. So, um, because teaching looked totally different. Um, I would give an assignment on the computer and then I would be free the rest of the day. So I was filling that time with 
you know, applying for different jobs for this VA business. And then when a client or potential client would reach back out to me, I mean, I'd get whatever they needed done right away. And um, just, I would stay in communication with them. I would respond pretty quickly. Um, I also think it was really important that I paid attention to detail because what they would, they would send me since it was for content creation, they would send me just a little, um, a little tidbit of something that they've created. And I, I could also go to their TPT store and see what they had, but they would send me something along their style. And I would almost have to mimic that style in the, um, in the piece of work that they would have me do for the application. So something that would speak, that would show their brand um, in a short amount of time that I had with it. So I think those were the two things with the communication and then I could mimic their brand pretty easily. So you hit like two nails on the head with me, like right there. I've hired, been in like in the process of hiring two people, um, in the last little while. And those are like two big, big, big things that like totally sealed the deal. I didn't hire the first person who contacted me uh, by any means, but I got so attached to the first like three people who emailed. And it was so sad when I realized that they weren't a good fit because I was so attached. But then I got like 25 other emails. And in the applications that I put out, I had like a question And by the time the 25th email came in, I was like, well, anyone who didn't answer it, like gone, like delete, like, because they weren't paying attention to the details, they didn't answer my little question that was in there. And so sorry, bye, because there are lots of people that apply. And also by the like day three or whatever that I was still getting emails, I was like, ugh, I I don't have the time or energy to keep going through applications. So like you weren't fast enough. Sorry, like bad luck, bad timing hopefully next time you see the posting sooner. Right. So I think that both of those things are huge of being one of the first people to apply and then also paying attention to the details and making sure to show that in your application. Yes. And the thing about all those emails, it's kind of jogging my own memory. I've hired out for a couple of things in my own store and a lot of I and it can be overwhelming and it makes me feel like I have to go through all of these. I have to respond to everyone, which if you're posting for a job, you should be ready to do that. Um, but yeah, it does. It can get overwhelming. So I can see how, you know, by the end of your 20 some emails, you almost seem kind of over it. And it, it, it's almost like and not to say if someone applied later on because they didn't see it but it almost speaks that if you're one of the first to apply, it almost speaks a little bit about your character and how you're going to approach project that they might need from you. So that was kind of, that was the message I wanted to send inadvertently when I was applying to these jobs. That was something that was important to me um, and something that would be important to me if I was hiring out. With the second position that I hired, I actually put like a closing date on it. And then I didn't let myself look at anything until that closing date so that there was 
like a fairness to it because like I said, that first position, I got really attached to the first couple people. And then by the, the like third day, which didn't have a closing date on it either, which was my own fault. But by the third day, I was like, oh, I can't. So the second one, I put a closing date and then was like, I'm not looking at anything until that. So there was like that piece of fairness for anyone who's going through this struggle. Oh, that's a good idea. Did you feel less overwhelmed? Yes, because I was able to go through it all at one time. And then, like I said before, there was that question. So I was able to like eliminate unfortunately, half of them, I was very surprised at how many people missed the question, but I was able to eliminate like half of the people just right away. So it it made it so much less overwhelming um, by doing those two things of like waiting until after the closing date and then having this like, sorry, you didn't answer the question. Bye. Right. You know, what's funny about you saying that is um, so one of my plans whenever I get around to doing it is kind of making a VA guide for anyone who is thinking about doing this. And so I was reaching out to the couple of clients that I do have and asking what they look for in a VA. And one of them was saying that when she, um, when she posts a job, she has like a trick question or like a tiny detail that you would have to really be paying attention to the application process to catch it and answer it. And she said that weeds out a lot of people. So that's funny that, and I'm sure if you two do it, I'm sure a lot of TPT sellers or anyone looking to hire out a VA does that as well. I've also heard people doing something like, um, how many kids do I have or something that would be super easy to find out if you just like went to their Instagram account or went to their um, website, like any, like any little detail that it would take like two minutes. And, um, when I think I was listening to a podcast, I was talking about this. So she was saying that that's what they do. They have something and people will actually message being like, how, where do I find this information? And that's the whole point of this question of like, and you find this information yourself, you have to yeah. scroll back like two images on Instagram. It's not even like buried by any means, you know, like, um, so Oh, that makes so much sense. And yeah, I feel like I would, I'd immediately be on their Instagram. (laughs) Like, where can I find this? Yeah. So just, just interesting little details of ways to weed people out. And when you are getting that 25 emails, it can, it can be a lot. So, Mm -hmm. and people pay a lot for VAs are not very cheap. (laughs) So for the amount that you're paying for someone, they need to be paying attention to detail. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at this point, are you fully booked out? Mm -hmm. I actually, so I had, um, I had another client, I had three and it just felt like too much. She, I would have her every once in a while. So she was kind of like a short-term project. She'd reach out every couple of months and, um, she asked if I could do if I could commit to three hours a week and as much as I really wanted to, because I really, really liked her. Um, she was one of my earlier clients too. I had to, I had to turn it down because I just didn't have the time. Um, I could have fit it in, but I think it would have been bad for my mental health. (laughs) So I've stuck with the two clients I have now. And yeah, that's why I'm not taking it. There are jobs that I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. I'm like, you cannot take anyone else. (laughs) 
I just feel like I, I just am busy, <laughs> but I, I, I have to put a limit on myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And what you said there about mental health, I think one of the reasons I personally went into like working for myself is that to have that ability to have the flexibility and freedom so that if I was like overwhelmed, that I have control over that. And I can say like, no, I have enough right now or, okay, I can take on more and have that ability to say, okay, I have a doctor's appointment with my son. So we're going to go to that and not have to like ask permission to go or worry about what's going to happen. So Yes, there is a lot of a lot of freedom if you're smart with your scheduling. <laughs> and I felt like I really wanted to have that client and I just thought it's just not going to work right now. And so, I mean, it almost felt like like I had to talk myself down from like being a bad business owner. I'm like, you're not a bad business owner. You just don't have the time, which is also awesome. That means you have enough clients in your own business that you just don't have the time right now. It's a boundary. Being able to say no is boundary and setting that boundary is really important. It made me so sad. I think I waited she asked, I think on a Monday and I was like, can I have an answer to you by Friday? Cause I really was trying to figure it out. And I stressed <laughs> because I felt really bad. Um, and then I'm like, I'm sure she found someone else pretty quickly. I mean, there are a lot of VAs out there. I was very humbled that she would ask me. And like I said, five times now, I wish I could have done it. <laughs> Maybe the opportunity will come up again one day. Maybe. <laughs> I hope I didn't burn a bridge. <laughs> if you, I think, do quality work and she was like reaching out to you, I I doubt that you holding that boundary would be burning a bridge as much as it's hard to do. I think that it's important to do and to know that because mm. If you weren't able to do it and now you're overwhelmed, would you still be able to give her the same quality of work, right? Oh, exactly. And I'm I think I did say that. Like, I don't think I can commit to doing this as well as I would like to. Um, so I haven't actually thought about that in a while. I felt so bad about that. I still feel bad. <laughs> Um, did you ever, this is going back a little bit, but I'm curious, did you ever end up hiring a VA for your TPT business or did you just decide that you actually could do it? And um, I've hired out a couple of times. I think I do shorter term projects. Um, I hired out, oh, this is kind of a, an interesting story. I hired out a VA who ended up overbooking herself. Um, so she wasn't dedicating the time to my stuff as I needed. So I did reach out and I was just like, Hey, like we have this commitment. Like I'm noticing, um, like things aren't getting done in the right amount of time. And she had said, um, she was a little overwhelmed. So I was like, well, like I can take myself off your plate, like no hard feelings. Like it's, it's fine. Um, 
So it's been a while since I've hired anyone out. The last time I hired someone out, I just needed some editing done on a pretty big project that I just, one, didn't want to do, and two, couldn't find time to do it because I wanted that resource uploaded pretty quickly. So I hired out for that. And then um, now I rem- I'm remembering, I hired someone else out to do my SEO. Um, oh, important. Yes. And um, like I said, VAs are not cheap. So it was almost like I was spending whatever I was bringing in from TPT at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to figure out a way to do this myself. So I just kind of looked at what she did and I'm kind of mimicking it for the rest of my post. Uh, But I worked with her for about a month or two. And I'm considering hiring out for um, someone to maybe like fix up my blog a little bit. I started a blog and now I'm looking for SEO, but I'll think about it. And then I'm like, I can do it. (laughs) I can spend a Saturday. So, I mean, it's all, I was talking to someone at some point and they were saying you pay someone for their time. And so it's just a matter of, do I want to spend the time or do I want someone else to spend the time? Um, So I've been, I've actually been working a lot recently because I'm, I'm balancing my own store um, and my VA stuff, which the VA work comes before anything, because that's my main source of income. And my goal is to have my TPT store be more of my passive income. Um, but I still have a little bit more work to do on that part of it. You said something that made me think, oh, right. The VA that you hired and had to have that like challenging conversation with about work's not getting done. Can you, because I think that this is something that a lot of people would actually benefit from, like, how did you approach that? And what are some tips for anyone who, might be going through that and feel like they need to um, have that challenging conversation. Yeah. So I always go back to the contract. We had a contract that said, so do this um, every week. Um, I'm trying to think exactly what all she was supposed to do. She had a set amount of amount of stuff that she had to do. That was the agreement. It was a signed contract. Um, and so I would, I just started noticing that um, because I think she was helping me with my blog posts and I just noticed that like they weren't getting written or if they were, they were like almost a week late. Um, So when I started noticing that, I just kind of reached out and was just, I kind of wanted to see what was going on because if it was like something personal, I didn't want to come out with daggers um, so I just good point. figuring like, if there's something going on first. Mm-hmm. So I emailed and just asked like how everything was and, um, just saying like, I noticed, like, I noticed that I was supposed to have a blog post this week and it's not up yet. So I just kind of wanted to see what was going on. Um, and then I, I connected it back to the contract. Like, this is what we agreed on. And when she emailed back, that was when she had said that she was just overwhelmed. Um, she had overbooked herself. Um, and I wasn't mad. Um, I felt like, well, I don't want to be 
not a burden, but like, if I can remove myself, I'm okay with that. Um, so that was, I just offered, I said, you know, I can, we can stop services if, if that makes it easier for you, no hard feelings. I think I told her I'd still leave her a good review because I mean, I remember when I first started the VA process, hearing a lot about don't overbook yourself because you can easily do it. Um, so I think that was one of the reasons why it was a big deal for me to take that time to really think about if I could take on an extra load of work. So I had a lot of empathy for that because I know it can happen pretty easily. So I just said it wasn't a big deal. And I was really thankful for her work. And I hoped that me removing myself made her job a little bit easier. That's a really good like perspective to have coming into it with empathy and understanding. And I think because you had that personal connection with the same, like the oh, being worried about getting overbooked, that that would have made it easier. So, right. Good tips. Thank you. <laughs> Totally yeah. off topic, but good tips. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, okay, so I always ask people this. How are you marketing your business? My TPT store, I am marketing. Um, I do have an email list. I have a blog. Um, I feel like I am currently changing my niche because I was more focused on like, center work and I'll still make those resources, but I'm noticing I'm taking a lot more time to dedicate to my blog and my email and what I'm putting, what information I'm putting in those is geared more toward, um, like first year teachers, um, novice teachers. So I, I think I'm kind of transitioning a little bit, um, into, I'll still make you know, center work. Cause it's just fun. I, I find a lot of enjoyment in creating, um, review activities, but I feel like I have a lot to offer to early teachers, newer teachers. So I'm marketing with my email list and my blog and I am on Instagram. Um, but for my VA business, I'm not currently marketing. I don't really need to. Um, the only thing I have in the works for that is to upload some TPT documents. Cause I know that there are some, um, there are a lot, of, like I went to TPT when I first started thinking about doing BA services, because there are some, there are some good resources, resources on TPT for VA. So, um, if I'm going to find time to market VA, it's going to be through products on TPT. Cool. I never even thought to do that. That's it. That's how I got a VA guide on TPT. Um, and it was filled with, that was where I got the information about don't overbook yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense if you're trying to be a VA for TPT, there should be at least something on there for VAs. <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes total sense. It just never crossed <laughs> my mind. Yeah. And I think I'm, my plan for the guide is um, maybe some more personal things about like taking care of your mental health and tips for like taxes and just random things that I didn't think about dealing with until I started doing this full time. 
Yeah. So there is a big transition when you're doing it almost as like a hobby or on the side versus a full time. All the things yeah. that you can kind of ignore if it's a hobby. <laughs> you can't. I had, to, I had to like stop spending money. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is your income. <laughs> stop spending it. <laughs> yeah, I was when I before I started this part of my business before all of my money that I was making from my TPT store was just getting put back in with like fonts and clip art. And I wasn't thinking about paying myself or anything like that. So it, I went through that same shift of how am I going to actually like pay myself and have an appropriate amount of expenses and taxes. Right. Cause before mm-hmm. I would, my tax would just kind of like happen. Right. Yes. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, you need to focus and like plan for this. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my plan for any VA tips I might want to give out is just kind of the things I struggled with going full-time or I was surprised by. Um, so that's, that, that's been on my brain for a little bit, but right now I don't have the time to dedicate to it. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Maybe. <laughs> okay. So rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind, what's your favorite social media platform? Instagram. They do say relate you build relationships really easily on Instagram. And it's true. Um, when I started dedicating the time to Instagram, it almost feels like I don't have to dedicate the time because I just like doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I like seeing all the tips and vulnerability that teachers show on Instagram. Um, it's a really tight knit community. I really like it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Number two, what's your favorite tool or software that you use in your business? For TPT, I am loving boom cards and mainly because I, um, I used a lot of task cards in my own classroom, but I was not very good at keeping tabs on them and like grading. So boom cards, um, which I'm not in the classroom using them, but if I ever go back to the classroom, for sure I'm using boom cards because it, they grade them. Well, it depends on the um, membership you have, but I would get the membership where the boom mm-hmm. cards are graded. <laughs> and you're not losing pieces. I always, that was my biggest thing. I would, the first time I did it, it would be fine. And then the next time I pull it up, I'd be like, what happened to half of them? I thought I counted uh-huh. and put them all in the bag. And yeah, I'm that teacher. Definitely not type A. (laughs) No, I wish I, wait, I am type A in some ways, but if you walked into my classroom, you would think I was type B. (laughs) I'm type B all the way. And because I'm a teacher, people are constantly like, oh, well, you're type A. And I'm like, no, you don't know me at all. (laughs) I'm not type A at all. Um, Okay. Question number three, what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out on their teacherpreneur journey? Um, for VA, I'm going to give that because that's mainly what I do. Um, just be humble. Um, you are working for someone else's business. So any feedback needs to come with no excuse. Um, just take whatever the feedback is and do your best to make any kind of changes because someone is paying you a lot of money. Um, to take over parts of their brand, which can be pretty hard. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) 
like I said, I'm in this, this process of like passing little pieces off. And I, I started with just something that was super easy that I was not emotionally attached to at all, but now I'm starting to pass off more emotionally charged pieces and mm-hmm. I'm at it now. I, the first, the first thing I didn't get, I was like, Oh, whatever you do it. I, I don't care how it gets done. Just make sure it gets done, <laughs> which it was the right thing to pass off. But now that I'm passing off things that I'm more attached to, I totally, totally understand the, that. Yeah. Yes. As a business owner. Hard. I mean, yeah, you are paying someone to do something that you would do yourself. So if it's not something that they would do themselves, then you need to make a change and there's no reason to be offended about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, Instagram, Mrs. B's primary, um, Facebook, Mrs. Bullington's primary emporium, (laughs) Pinterest, Mrs. Bullington's Primary Emporium. And then my blog is blog.mrsbsprimary.com. Awesome. I will make sure all of those are linked in the show notes. And it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure talking to you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.